Welcome to Growing in the Gospel with Father Zach Weber. It is the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Well, here we are. This is Father Zach, and just want to say welcome to Growing in the Gospel. This week we're going to continue our journey through Mark chapter 10. We've been in Mark chapter 10 the past two weeks, and we're going to continue going there. And just a reminder that last week we heard about the rich man who was told to go sell everything. You know, he knew the commandments, but he didn't have love, right? And, you know, he, he knew the, the rules, but he didn't know the Lord. And then, you know, we had Peter asking, you know, well, then who can be saved? And Jesus said it's so hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven, so we have to be detached, which means everything has to be under the lordship of Jesus. And this week, we're going to be tested again in that, where James and John go to Jesus and ask to be seated at his right and his left. What does that mean? We're going to dive into that, those deep questions, and we're going to look at the ransom of Jesus who offered his life for us. So as you grow in the gospel, always call upon the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid to share this with other people who, who may be struggling. This is a very good gospel for that. And especially as we head into election season, uh, we need to make sure we keep our eyes on the cross and to know what Jesus did for us. So call upon the Holy Spirit, pull up some chairs with some friends, get out your Bible, study Bible, catechism. Go deep with the gospel, which is found in Mark 10, verses 35 through 45, which begins with, James, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. He replied, What do you wish me to do for you? They answered him, Grant that in your glory we may sit one at your right and the other at your left. Jesus said to, him, said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? They said to him, We can. Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink, you will drink, and with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right and my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they became indignant at James and John. Jesus summoned them, the twelve, and said to them, You know that those who are recognized as rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them? and their great ones make their authority over them felt. But it shall not be so among you. Rather, whoever wishes to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wishes to be the first among you will be the slave of all. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So indeed a powerful gospel and as we unpack this particular gospel, just one thing, um, the gospel begins with James and John, the sons of Zebedee. So that is a point or a proof point, a proof text to prove that um, James and John are not Jesus' brothers, nor are they his siblings. Um, he is brethren in the Jewish tradition. Someone who is your brethren or your kinsman was somebody who was of close relation, but not blood relation always. So that just means that Mary is perpetual virgin. Um, just to look at those, when we see those things, the sons of Zebedee, it's saying they belong to Zebedee. So I just want to point that out, um, just to make sure that we're understanding what these things mean. So when we look at this gospel, 
you think of the guts that James and John had said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And just with that question, do you think or do you think other people think that Jesus is a magician, that God is a magician? Just think of the sacraments and you know, a lot of people say, you know, I love Jesus, but I don't ever go to church, right? And I get confirmed, but I don't ever follow through with what I was confirmed for. And really place yourself in what they're asking him. Because that, that question is asked back with Jesus saying, what do you wish for me to do for you? And they want glory, earthly glory, but not heavenly glory. But we know that in order to get to heaven and get us to heaven, Jesus had to die for us on the cross. And he says, you don't know what you're asking. Do we realize the weight of the questions that we ask Jesus in prayer? A good exercise to do would just be to go through the Gospels and just look at the questions that are asked and really see what the Lord is up to and what he's trying to draw out of you. Because he even says, they even say to him, we can, you know, we can drink the cup. We can be baptized with the baptism. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right and my left is not mine to give. And that chalice is a reference to Jesus' forthcoming suffering. So the Old Testament uses this image to depict the misery that God compels the faithful to drink. Which you can find, just look at Isaiah 51.17 or even Jeremiah 25.15. And although Jesus is innocent, and pure, he consumes the cup that was filled for sinners. So when he speaks about the baptism, the symbolic, which is symbolic for the immersion in trial and suffering, and James and John will share in Jesus' cup and baptism as they encounter persecution in the early church. The New Testament recounts the martyrdom of James, which can be found in Acts 12.2, and the exile of John in Revelation 1.9. And they say we can, we are able but Jesus says to sit at my right and my left is not for me to grant. Who was at Jesus' right and left at his crucifixion? You have the good thief or the repentant thief, you know, two, two prisoners, which is who Jesus came to save, those who are slaves to sin. Are you avoiding the cross? Are you avoiding that kind of glory? To know that there has to be death to self, death to your sin, in order to experience the resurrection. Because when Jesus called them and said, you know that, you are, that those who are supposed to rule over the Gentiles lord it over them, that's not how we're supposed to do it. Our faith is always an invitation. And I really want to encourage parents to really say, are you inviting your kids to our relationship with Jesus, not the church, but into deep, asking deeper questions and get them while they're young. Get them while they are young and get them thinking deeply. Teach them how to exercise their faith, how to invite the Lord in because the ambitions voiced by James and John lead Jesus to clarify the true nature of Christian leadership. So his disciples are not to imitate the pomp and tyranny of the Gentile rulers, but the humility and service he has been modeling for them during his ministry. So our eyes must be 
a model of Jesus' life because he came to serve and not be served. And is that not the opposite of our culture? Where we want to feed our ego and stroke our ego. You know, that monkey on our back, right? But for the Son of Man, who came to serve and not be served and give his life as a ransom for many, that ransom is the price. What did it cost Jesus to release captives? What are you captive to and what is Jesus calling to release you from? Sloth? Pride, vainglory, lust. Go through the capital sins. And this word, which is in Greek, litron, the word occurs only twice in the New Testament. So you can find it in Matthew 20, 28, and today in Mark 10, 45. But it is related to the biblical concepts with a similar meaning. So in the Old Testament, kinship relations give rise to the oblation of protecting one's parents, brothers, sisters, and cousins. Family members thus took responsibility or stewardship for paying the ransom price for other family members who were taken captive or sold into slavery. So as a divine father, God became the redeemer of Israel, which you can find in Israel 40, excuse me, Isaiah 41.14 and 54.5 who ransomed his beloved son from Egypt. See Exodus 4, 22 and 23 and Deuteronomy 7, 8. And in the New Testament, God purchased his people, his people from slavery in sin by the price of Christ's own life. His saving death thus ransomed us for freedom and fellowship in the family of God. And that's how we're saved. You can just look at 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19. 1 Corinthians 6.20, Colossians 1.11-14, or even Revelation 5.9. The Lord wants to take you to a new place. He wants to bring you to the cross where He loves you infinitely. Can you accept that? Can you accept that He loves you that much? And are you living out of that reality with how you treat others, how you vote, how you go through your day-to-day life? The song I'm going to play for you as we close is called Take Me to a New Place by Joe Zambone. Maybe you're going through a week where you've been struggling. Maybe you're tired or exhausted with the political season. Maybe you're tired with the ads or just the nastiness with our politics, with our news, the negativity. So maybe spend some time at the foot of the cross and rest there. And may Almighty God Bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Time is running out. My hope is drying.
Can't fight this alone. No, I can't fight this alone. 